need some motivation on your Chinese business endeavor, may be curious about what the Chinese business environment is all about, or want to laugh out loud listening to war stories on the ground in China, then this is your show, China Business Cast. Welcome to the China Business Cast, or maybe I should say welcome back to the China Business Cast. It's been a while since we put out an episode, um, and it's been a while since we communicated a little bit. Um, and well, for everyone, it's been a crazy year, and I also think it's uh, for us and definitely also uh, for me. So I'm, I'm happy to be back here and happy to be presenting our next uh, episode and our next guest. This episode was actually recorded um, all before the, the pandemic and, and all things going on right now. So it's actually already a little bit older episode. So keep that in mind when you're listening to the podcast. I think it's still very valuable, but um, it was recorded uh, just about a year ago. Um, so it's definitely been a while since um, I put this one out. Some other episodes came in between. And then the whole pandemic uh, happening. But with things settling in uh, in China, I think uh, we're ready to kick things in overdrive again and start putting out more content. So with that being said, let's jump into this episode and see what kind of financial insights we can learn. So today we have Simon from GoRemit HK um, and I've been using uh, their service a lot. I'm actually a customer of them. Um, uh, for quite a few years, and they help with uh, remitting, as the name says, remitting money from Hong Kong to uh, to China, but also to other places in Southeast Asia. Um, I think their service is quite quite smooth and, and uh, very useful for uh, the entrepreneurs in the area. So let's welcome Simon uh, and let's get to know him a little bit more and uh, see what he has to say today. Welcome, Simon. Hi, John. Uh, thanks for having me. Hi, everyone. My name is Simon. I'm from uh, GoRam HK. Uh, right now, I'm based in uh, Hong Kong and Shenzhen. I was educated abroad, and uh, right now, I'm actually running uh, uh, GoRam uh, Hong Kong as a startup. Uh, we've been in business uh, since 2016, and this is our third year in business. And uh, GoRamit is a licensed money transfer platform uh, serving uh, Hong Kong businesses. Uh, an individual, uh, mainly targeting China and Southeast Asia. Awesome. So, and um, I know a little bit about your background, but for the audience, how did this whole started? How did you get into the money transfer business? Um, how how did you end up being a, a fintech uh, startup? Sure. Uh, more than happy to share. So, um, well, I used to work in a financial institution uh, back then in Hong Kong. And uh, before Hong Kong, I used to work uh, in uh, a little bit of consulting in uh, in Asia and uh, and in Europe as well. So I started off uh, my career in the IT in, a, in an IT industry uh, before I moved into financial institution, and then uh, and then I see there is a niche, uh, you know, in terms of cross border payment. And uh, what happened back then is that uh, when I based in Hong Kong and China, there's a lot of friends. Uh, around the world who asked me to help them to make payments to China, uh, especially payment to suppliers, uh, because it's tough and it's hard for them to remit payment from overseas to China. Uh, so that, uh, you know, eventually it just started off by a lot of friends, just by, by helping friends a favor to make payment to China, uh, to make payments in Southeast Asia. And then 
as the volume and the number grow, you know, it slowly evolves into a, 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 a business where we uh, acquire our own uh, money transfer license and we build a solution out of this and uh, and we share this solution uh, with all our, our customers and friends, basically. I, I think that's awesome. So you, like it started as, as helping out friends and, and people you know, uh, just doing a solid favor. Yep, but, then, yep. but you've been able to to grow that to a real yep, business. Yep. Like if if the money gets really serious, you can't really yep. do that as as a favor anymore, right? Like uh, uh, at a certain point, it becomes too much of a of a favor, and you and you transform that into a into yep. a business. It's definitely a good uh, product market validation uh, because uh, we started off as helping friends payment to and sourcing and fulfillment. Uh, but however, right now, uh, for GoRemi, uh, as the number of transactions grows, uh, we make sure ourselves that we have to be regulated. Uh, therefore, uh, uh, we register ourselves with Hong Kong Money uh, Transfer Operator. So right now, uh, we, we are regulated in Hong Kong uh, and we are able to do the business you know, on a more larger scale basis as we grow. I think that's that's a very cool uh, story and, and smart moves from like having your validation done just by seeing that the need is there and being able to supply that uh, service and then moving to in a more regulated uh, and more stable space uh, probably. Um, so what what is the um, what's the business model of of government? How do you how do you earn money? You deal with a lot of money, but how do you earn your own money? Okay, so um, well, for 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 Gomer, business model is very simple. Uh, we currently specialize on uh, small business entrepreneur uh, and also micro payment uh, because this because in the small business environment, uh, this is uh, in this segment, uh, most bank will not handle uh, small business payment uh, and especially for cross border payment. Um, small business payment or micro payment for SMEs are, are actually not sexy, where it's costly, it's expensive, it's tedious, uh, it's, it's, it's not effective for the bank to actually handle such transaction because bank usually focus their business on the uh, wholesale business, large corporation, large transaction, but however, they are not good with uh, micro payments uh, to uh, small providers or small freelancers. So we focus a lot on uh, 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 small business enterprise. Uh, at the same time, in terms of uh, business model, we actually earn uh, our revenue by fees. We actually charge a flat a transaction fees uh, for each transfers. Uh, our FX rate are real time, and then uh, from the real time FX rate, we just add a spread. Uh, a fee on top of that, uh, and uh, what you see is what you get. Uh, if you need, if you need your supplier or recipient to receive an exact amount, you just key into the system, and and it would it will shows you you know how much you need to prepare in US dollar or in Hong Kong dollar. So it's a very transparent business model, I would say. Yeah, that's that's what I like about the service. If I need to pay whatever amount it is in in China. I can do that exactly to to the cent. Um, they would receive usually in in the same business day or the next business day um, that exact amount on their account, um, and it's just on time and, and, and takes away currency and fluctuations and, and those kind of things on on the end. And it makes dealing with, with suppliers and, and making payments into China or 
over Southeast Asia much uh, uh, more transparent, like you say, and then much more structured in a way. And that's why what I like about it. Well, uh, I'm great to hear. It's, it's been great for me to hear that actually from a uh, from a user's perspective, because what happened is that sometimes when we wire transfer through the bank uh, channel or through the proper uh, uh, bank online banking. So what happens is that when you wire a when we do a cross border payment or the wire transfer to overseas, it won't tell you how much the recipient will get. It exactly. won't tell you when the recipient will receive because of the swift and uh, uh, clearing, and also the uh, uh, and also additional hidden costs uh, by the sender bank, by the middle, by the correspondent banking, and also the recipient bank. So there's a lot of hidden fees in between. Uh, and it's very ineffective and it's not transparent at all uh, to send money uh, uh, through cross-border payment through the banks because they won't tell you how much the recipient will receive exactly and they won't tell you when. So it's a, a lot of guessing game if you want to send payment through, uh, uh, you want to send a cross-border payment through banks and it's very unpredictable uh, in a way and, and it, it will affect also your business uh, turnaround time as well. Exactly, exactly. So the, I think there's a great need for this, especially for, for the segments you're targeting, the small and, uh, and medium businesses. Um, so yeah, that, that's awesome. So my, my next question would be to, while we're talking about these banks and their these old school institutions are quite inflexible and, and uh, rigid, um, and but the landscape in the, in the fintech industry or the financial sector is, is changing quite a lot. Um, and these banks are, are hopefully also trying to change, but I don't think fast enough. So my question is, what is your current view on the landscape in, in the financial industry or the fintech uh, sector in Hong Kong and, and maybe in China right now? Well, uh, I believe the current uh, fintech space in uh, China and Hong Kong is very interesting. Uh in, in my personal opinion, uh, I, I speak in, in terms of my personal opinion, uh, in terms of the fintech landscape right now, um, China is definitely a, a leader uh, and uh, definitely leading in terms of the fintech innovation space uh, around the world, globally, you know, with the mobile payment, uh, mobile loans and, and uh, you know, mobile banking and, and even offering mobile financial product as well. Everything's mobile. Whereas in Hong Kong is uh, because because of the size, because of the economic size of Hong Kong uh, and and the geopolitic uh, size of, uh, and, 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 and because of the uh, size and population of, of Hong Kong. So what happened is that, you know, generally the size of, the Hong Kong a fintech landscape is rather small than China because of the 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 uh, user and the population of uh, in Hong Kong, uh, and of course Hong Kong being a special administrative region uh, of China, uh, so there are a lot of things uh, uh, where you know, in my opinion, I believe Hong Kong is more conservative when it comes to a fintech innovation instead of China. So China is, a, is really booming in terms of economic and in terms of uh, uh, development. So they are, in, in my observation, I see they, are, they will be more open uh, innovation. Uh, they are more, uh, China is more open in terms of uh, innovation in fintech compared to Hong Kong. And as for Hong Kong, 
all the banks in Hong Kong are independently managed and independently operate. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a two different system, right? Because in China, all the banks and financial institutions are centralized managed. Okay, and centralized own, but yeah. however, in Hong Kong is is independently owned and independently managed. So when it's independently owned and independently managed, so there are certain policies that probably Hong Kong government want to set things across, but it still couldn't get things done because each bank are, are being run independently. So for example, you might have cases where small business entrepreneur uh, is having difficulty to get a Hong Kong business bank account, you know, and you know Hong Kong MA tried to. Uh, enforce uh, and encourage uh, Hong Kong banks to actually uh, provide more leniencies in terms of account opening for SME. Uh, whereas in China, you won't have these uh, difficulties in opening a company bank account, for example. So, yeah, so I, I, I do foresee, uh, you know, China is more open uh, uh, to change and uh, fintech innovation. Whereas Hong Kong, uh, uh, you know, in my uh, you know, in my thinking is that uh, you know the Hong Kong industry is always being controlled, you know, by the few big banks or a few big corporations. So you know, it, to me, Hong Kong is more like a monopoly, you know, uh, industry or or or, or uh, you know, the whole Hong Kong economy is being monopolized by certain banks and certain corporation, and and it's hard to actually. Um, uh, when when you have such uh, competition or, or such uh, cartel, you know, controlled economy, it's hard to, you know, have a very positive uh, fintech landscape or innovation uh, in Hong Kong compared to China. Yeah, I, I don't know if cartel is the right word, but I, I think uh, me and the audience, we, we get what you're meaning. There's a few very big players that, that that control the strings and they, they can basically dictate the direction things are going. Uh, right? Yeah. Yes, that's correct. Well, or probably should I remove cartel? <laughs> or probably I should find a, a a better term of cartel. Because cartel can be also like, you know, like drug cartel, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we're, so we're, not, we're not talking about that. Yeah. Just for a better lack of yeah, so, numbers, maybe. Yeah, so... Yeah, I think I think I probably should use you know multinational, right, or, or, or big companies <laughs> that would be much better, right? Yeah, yeah cartel sounds a bit that. gangster, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, although although uh, although there's a lot of publication in Hong Kong actually use that term business cartel, you know. Okay. Okay. Uh, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean, a lot of people are actually using it, but it's not so nice maybe to the Western community. So then, my my follow up question to this would be. Um, Okay, so these these big multinationals they are are, are more conservative, and then I'm thinking is the Hong Kong consumer or the Hong Kong just a normal uh, person, the, the regular Joe, are they also more conservative with switching to uh, their financial systems or the, in fintech? Are they easy to adopt? Like I know um, WeChat Pay and, and Alipay are also available in. Uh, are starting to become available in Hong Kong for Hong Kong users. What do you think the culture is of the, just a normal person? Is that also more conservative or more like open-minded and adaptive like uh, in China, where everyone just jumped on board uh, the whole mobile payment uh, train? 
Well, uh, in Hong Kong, uh, the, the the general consumer are, are more conservative in terms of uh, mobile payment or fintech solution, fintech products, because relatively right now in Hong Kong is still a very cash economy. So uh, when you visit Hong Kong restaurant, you would see like cash only, no credit cards, because credit card terminal, post machines, you know, the, the fees are, are very high. It's like probably two to three percent, and uh, and small small restaurants doesn't want to actually absorb the fees of accepting a mobile payment or a post terminal. Uh, because if they accept a post terminal or mobile payment like WeChat and Alipay, uh, there are still some merchant fees that they have to adhere to. And uh, and of course, uh, you know, collecting cash is, is, is more, there's no any uh, transaction fees uh, incurred uh, on top of their high operation costs. That's one thing. And then the second thing is that in Hong Kong, because is uh, it, it, the demographic of Hong Kong population is it, it breaks into two. First is the younger generation who uh, who is more open into mobile payments like Alipay and WeChat, uh, and uh, and as well as like uh, Apple Pay or Samsung Pay or or the Octopus Card solution, All right? But however, for the elderly generation of Hong Kong people uh, in Hong Kong, they still prefer cash. They still want to feel, you know, they still want to have the touch and feel uh, of the cash notes. Uh, and and so so therefore, because of this current uh, demographic, so, uh, you know, cash is still king in Hong Kong. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, the the adoption for, for mobile payment are still uh, uh, lacking behind, in my opinion. Whereas in China, um, we, uh, where, where WeChat and Alipay is, is is dominant in terms of mobile uh, payment, uh, and what happened is that in China, if you're running a business, if you collect cash, and if you want to cash deposit the cash into the bank, the bank actually charge you a fee. So yeah. because of this reason, uh, you know all these small business owners they use Alipay and WeChat. Uh, to collect payments uh, from the customers. And Alipay and WeChat actually provides incentive and they, they don't charge a single cent. They don't charge any uh, merchant fees for collection uh, because they want the money to keep, to be kept in the ecosystem. So for example, an Alipay user paying a Alipay merchant. So, th- so basically the money never leave their ecosystem. So, so if I'm an Alipay user, I have funds in Alipay, I pay to a merchant who uses Alipay. So the money just circulating within Alipay uh, ecosystem for that example. So, so therefore, uh, if you, if when, when you cross the border in China, you will notice that right now, a number of major cities in China most shops will not accept cash because of fake counterfeit notes, because of the tedious and the high processing cost to uh, ban power costs to uh, to cash deposit that money into their bank account. And most most large city will, will adapt will, will will adopt to uh, WeChat and Alipay uh, as the main major payment method. Uh, and uh, and some don't even want to collect cash, even though cash is still a legal tender in China. Uh, but it's because of consumer and it's because of convenience and it's because of, you know, lower operation costs. So therefore, most uh, merchants actually uh, move into mobile payment and mobile collection. And despite there is also aging population in China, 
where you have consumer in the uh, 50s and 60s, uh, they were being forced uh, to adopt, to adapt to new technologies like mobile phone, WeChat, mobile payments, uh, just in order to make payment in China. Uh, whereas, uh, you know, in, in Hong Kong, it's the other way around, right? So in China, it's more like, you know, the merchant, you know, creates a habit for the user to actually make payment on on mobile or or digitally rather than cash so uh, so therefore there is a a, a difference uh, between uh, you know hong kong and china yeah 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 for sure <clears throat> um and i think that's a very interesting uh difference where the in in uh, Hong Kong, it's more conservative, and the elder generation is still uh, wanting to to use cash. Where in China, it's so predominantly just the mobile payments are so dominant that even the elderly people they have to um, adopt it. Otherwise, they can't pay certain things anymore. They can't do their shopping almost um, in certain places because it's all mobile payment. Even though, like you said. Um, cash or, or, or just the currency is still a legal tender and by law they have to accept it but the enforcement is, is very low on that um and there's definitely situations if you if you don't have if your phone runs out of battery you're like what should i do i can't pay anymore so that's a very culturally growing different uh, directions which is interesting fascinating to see for me yep definitely yeah so um I opened a, a bank account in, in Hong Kong a few years ago, and that was uh, at the time when it was starting to get more difficult as a, as a small business owner. And after that, I believe it has gotten even more difficult. But now there's like with the fintech, there's this opening. Uh, there's some other financial fintech services coming up, like virtual banks. Um, Neat uh, is one of them, and Neat is getting a pretty popular, I think. Is that do you see that affecting anything in the in the fintech industry in, in Hong Kong, like these new competitors with a with a fintech mindset opening up and and trying to compete with the bigger conservative traditional uh, banks? Well, uh, well, I think virtual bank uh, license in Hong Kong is definitely a a stepping stone to provide more innovation and opportunity for small players to operate. Uh, uh, fintech companies on in a regulated environment in Hong Kong. However, um, you know, um, right uh, recently, Hong Kong regulators actually issue for uh, virtual bank license uh, to uh, uh, to actually run virtual bank. However, however, the virtual bank license is not friendly towards fintech. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think need actually withdraw their. Uh, uh, virtual bank license application and a few other okay. companies as well. Uh, well, I'm not going to go into that details, but uh, for uh, as far as Go Remin is concerned, we we are just going to focus on in terms of cross border payment. Um, for me, uh, virtual bank license in Hong Kong is 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 a very high barrier of entry because uh, in order to apply, your company need to be a you need to have a bank. To be your shareholder at fifty percent and high capital requirement, I think two hundred million Hong Kong dollars. So it's not really you know fintech friendly or SME fintech startup friendly. 
uh, when you set such high barrier entry. And in my opinion, again, uh, it seems that the virtual bank license is being controlled by certain cartel again uh, in Hong Kong. So, you know, uh, I, I, to me, it's a, it's, it's a good thing to have this virtual bank solution uh, to help the SMEs to, to serve the underserved community. But however, again, it's still being controlled uh, uh, by certain big companies in Hong Kong uh, in terms of uh, virtual bank license, basically. Yeah. So, uh, well, we just have to wait and see and, and see how flexible uh, in terms of the regulator, um, uh, uh, in terms of opening up the market for more uh, small fintech players uh, or to provide a more equal level playing field for startups, for fintech startups to compete uh, in Hong Kong healthily. Okay, so um, yeah, yeah. From from what I understand, these um, these licenses are being um, the applications are now and then they're being granted at the end of 2019 or early 2020s when the the regulation comes in play or is it already in play? And um, what's your take on that? What kind of time frame can we maybe start to see uh, differences in in this kind of fintech field? Well, I think for the last Last few weeks, they have announced like four recipients uh, for the virtual bank license. That that is actually in uh, end of March and early April. Uh, in terms of operation, I'm not sure when they will start to operate. Uh, but however, a lot of people foreseen they would they would start to operate probably in a two zero two zero. So uh, I believe we just have to uh, wait and see uh, and see what what is the approach. Uh, and 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 let's look forward and and let's look forward and see what the virtual bank operators can offer to uh, to consumers and SMEs. Basically, yeah, I think that's uh, like you said. Maybe it doesn't work out if if everything is too strict and the barriers of entry are too high. <clears throat> but um, um, I think change is always a positive thing, and they're they're trying to move along. So yeah, let's see what what happens in in twenty twenty and and beyond that and see if the the financial industry in Hong Kong is changing or stays as, as, as it is, which is currently, it's still quite hard to open a bank account as an SME in Hong Kong, right? Yes. Uh, I think it's, it's more harder to open a bank account right now in Hong Kong uh, compared to China. Uh, to me, I believe China is more easy and flexible, whereas Hong Kong is more strict, basically. Right now. Mm, yeah, okay. I, I, I can see what you're saying. But then I would say in opening uh, a company in China is more complicated than versus Hong Kong. In Hong Kong, you can open a company pretty yep. easily in like in, in a week or two or whatever. Where in, in, in China, that definitely takes like several months of preparation and, and documents. Um, and um, yep. I think if you have a company in, in, in China, you can get a bank account. Uh, you just got to go through the procedure yep. um, where... In, yep, definitely. In, in Hong Kong, it's very easy to open a company, but then the bank accounts, because it's not belong to the state or it's not state-owned, uh, governmental-owned, it's, it's yep. individual corporations, uh, and they can decide who yep. to take on as a, as a customer or not. And from their perspective, they want big money, so they're, they're maybe not so interested in, in, in a small SME who doesn't have much uh, volume and transactions, right? Yep, yep. They do actually focus on large company in Hong Kong. And, and, and as you know, uh, because in China, the banks, the company registry, everyone is centralized, is linked. So once your company is incorporated, is approved, 
definitely there's no issue for you to get a bank account in in China. But of course, there's pros and cons between incorporation in Hong Kong and China. Uh, whereas in China, uh, in Hong Kong, you have everything is being run independently. Uh, so you know the 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 uh, application process will take a while for that, basically. For sure, for sure. I also remember when I when I opened my bank account in Hong Kong, the first time I logged in to like the the interface on the website, I was like thinking, this is a website I was built in 1995. This this is the kind of website I I built with my company in like the 1990s and the early 2000s. It was like such a different from what I was used to here in China and, and from Europe. Um, so yeah, that, that was pretty much of an eye opener. But it's it's good to see that. I've seen that improve as well a little bit over time now. Yep. I mean, in terms of the uh, user experience and uh, in terms of the functionality, uh, I, I believe uh, uh, China uh, banks and uh, fintech players in, in China definitely has uh, a better product offering uh, to the consumer uh, compared to Hong Kong, uh, where, you know, Hong Kong always want to stick to the old school. They want to... Uh, you know, in, in in Hong, you know, in the Hong Kong culture, is that don't break things when it's not, you know, when it's not broken. You know, whereas in China culture, is that they try to break things to make it better and improve it. So it's just more on a different cultural mindset as well. Yeah, got it, got it. Yeah, then and I think we learned a lot about the the differences between the Hong Kong fintech and and uh, China today. Uh, and it's, it's great that uh, a company like you exists that does help the, the SMEs get cross-border payments and, and transactions done in an efficient way where the, the larger institutions are uh, too expensive or, or not flexible enough to, to help. So what would be a way for um, people to reach you if they, if they need any help uh, with getting money into China or not only China, also around Southeast Asia where you guys also have uh, uh, support? My company website is actually goremit.hk as in G-O-R-E-M-I-T dot H-K and uh, you could reach me at uh, simon at goremit.hk or uh, you could also uh, subscribe or add us on our official WeChat account. Uh, our official WeChat account is uh, uh, goremit.hk basically. Well, that makes it all easy. It's all the same name, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, I, I want to thank you for your, for your time and uh, ensuring some of the, the things that you are working on and, and the insights that you have from being pretty deep in the financial sector in, uh, in Hong Kong and China. Any, any last things that you want to add or... Well, uh, well, I, I don't have anything to add at this point in time, uh, but I would like to say thanks for having me and uh, thanks for giving me an opportunity to share about uh, GoRamit and uh, uh, about our cross-border payment solution, uh, mainly doing cross-border payment solution to China and Southeast Asia. Awesome. Thanks for your time, uh, uh, Simon. And uh, next time in, uh, I'm in Shenzhen slash Hong Kong, I'll, I'll give you a shout and maybe you can go out for a beer or so. Sure. Let me know. Just, just, just message me whenever you're in town, uh, and let's catch up with drinks. Okay. All right. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks a lot for your time, Simon. Doing business in China is a complex world. You can quickly feel alone and lost in its maze. But don't worry. China Business Cast is here for you. 
Sign up for our newsletter and regular updates on our website at www.chinabusinesscast.com. Thanks for tuning in.